The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Vichol Rahamim Vasilichot Venomar Amen. Daf He. Today's Daf is being studied there in Shmat of Raham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We begin today's Daf on Dalar Amud Bet. And we are six lines from the bottom. The Gemara begins. The Gemara says that everybody agrees that when Purim, Yudalat falls out on Shabbat, so you do not read the Megillah on Shabbat. So the Gemara asks, What's the reason? Everybody's obligated to read the Megillah. But not everybody is fluent and expert in how to read the Megillah. The Gezerah he might carry the Megillah in his hand. And he's going to go to the expert to learn how to read the Megillah. And he's going to end up transferring it or carrying it for Amot. In the Rishut Rabim, that's the same reason for Shofar. Again, we're worried that the fellow might take the Shofar to an expert to learn how to blow it. He might carry it for Amot Rishut Rabim. And that's the same reason for the Lulav also. He's going to take it to uh, the Tamil Hachat to learn how to make the Ni'nu'im, how to shake the Lulav. So therefore, all the three, Shofar, Lulav, Megillah, the reason of Rabbah is called Gezerah de Rabbah. The reason is because we're worried he might come to carry it. Comes the top to Safot. V'ya'abirinu arba'a amot rishuta rabbim. Kashe, amay lo kamar v'yotzi'enam rishuta yachid rishuta rabbim. De'orha de'milta v'yitafeh. So Tosfot is an obvious question. Tosfot says, why is the Gemara telling me that I might carry the Megillah for amot rishuta rabbim? Why don't you give me a more prevalent case? I might carry the, the Megillah from my house to the public domain. From the Shutta Yachit to the Shutta Rabim. That's more uh, common. Normally the guy's in his house. So the Gemara says, the Tosfot says, Such a great mistake to go from the Shutta Yachit to the Shutta Rabim. The rabbis don't have to make a gezerah on that. You, you realize it. You realize you're going from one domain to another domain. We're talking about a case where maybe the Megillah already is in the Shutta Rabim. You have a Megillah lying in the Shutta Rabim already. We're concerned that you might transfer it from because it's less, uh, less obvious 
when he carries four more pesut and therefore there's more of a gizera on that case. The odd yeshlomar. And the second answer, Another reason why he didn't pick it's not always guaranteed in the Yishut Hayahid to the Yishut Rabim case that it's going to be a Doraita. For example, to be Hayav Doraita, you have to have an Akira and you have to have a Hanaha. <coughs> but your Akira has to be with the intent to bring it outside. However, let's say a person makes an Akira with the intent to move the Megillah from one corner of his house to another corner of his house. So the Akira is Hitir. Then, after it's in his hand, he decides to take it out. So that's not going to be a Yishut Doraita because your Akira was not for the intent of. Bring it outside. So since in the Rishut Yachit Rishut Rabim case, it's possible that it could be the Rabbanan, the Rabbis didn't make a Gizera on that. But in the Rishut Rabim, what's the guy picking it up for? The guy picking it up in the Rishut Rabim makes Akira, and Zakira what's his Kavanah to, 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 to transfer. He's not moving it anywhere. It's in the Rishut Rabim already. So therefore, that's always the Uraita. That's why they made the Gizera on the, uh, the case of the, uh, the Uraita. Next to us, what we have in our Bamut Bishut Rabim, Abal Mila Bishabat in Lithot. So now maybe ask the question, maybe we should suspend doing Big Mila on Shabbat, because maybe the Mohel is going to carry the knife, the Sakin of the Mila for Amut Bishut Rabim. Why don't you make it like that? The Ahamira to Sport Saddam. Because Mila is very serious, it's very stringent. Shekin Nikhritu Alea Yud Gimal Beritot. So we know there were 13 covenants that were uh, made. God made with Avram Abinu and Chai Israel, so therefore it's very serious, so therefore we're not going to do it. Vegam in Adam mal illa im ken havi baki. The sakana yish bedavar. Exactly, who does the brit mila? The moel, the expert. So we're not worried, like a case of Megillah where everybody reads the Megillah. A case of the Ulav, everybody reads. Everybody shakes to the Ulav. However, when it comes to Milah, who does it? Only an expert. So we're not worried about an expert going to take a knife and uh, going to, to carry. He's one guy. So therefore, he's going to go learn. We're not worried he's going to go learn. Huh? Put the knife there from before Shabbat, and therefore uh, we're not going to have a. Uh, we're not going to have a concern. And it was said, but we the What do you mean? We blow the shofar before Abdallah. So the first question is, how do you blow stam shofar on Yom Kippur? Which is to do Malachan Kippur, and the Kiyan is the Chaura Asus. How does it start with question? How do you blow Shofar Motsai Kippur before Abdallah? The two Shema Yelech Eslaki, the Hashirah, Brosh Shanash, Shahab Shabbat. Why do you say the same thing? You can't blow Shofar Motsai Kippur because the guy might carry the Shofar to an expert, and he can't carry on Yom Kippur. I can't be no making Gezerah on Yom Kippur. The Imkin, I yell out of the Mehash, like Gezerah, the Tirit, the Mishut, the Kiyan Shofar, Chokhmah, the En Melacha. Answer it to the first question. The Kiyan Shofar is not considered a Melacha. It's considered a chokmah. It's just uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's uh, something that requires uh, wisdom, but it's not. An, it's not. It's a skill, exactly. But it's not a melacha person. It doesn't fall under the category of one of the thirty-nine melachot. So therefore, there's no problem to blow the shofar. Uh, the hakamim can be lenient. The can be lenient to, to blow the shofar on Yom Kippur. Why? Which means like this. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, 
you're blowing 30 sounds. That's the Torah law, you have to blow 30 sounds. So therefore, that's a lot of sounds. So I'm going to suspect that a guy's going to take his shofar and go to an expert to learn blow the sounds. From the law of the Hakamim, you only have to blow one sound, or one set. Why are you blowing shofar on Kippur? Because on Yovel, they used to blow shofar on Yom Kippur. So to commemorate the Yovel Tekiot, so we blow it. Since it's not so many Tekiot, I'm worried about a guy's going to take it and go uh, learn. Bishlama, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, where it's uh, 30 sounds, all right, already, yeah, you got to go learn how to do it. So let's say Kippur, it's just a Zecher Liyovel. Therefore, I'm not going to make a Gezela that he might come to carry. And then he calls to Rabbeinu Hanan El, Rabbeinu Shemuel, oh man, I'm sorry, Tedavka Bishabat Rosh Hashanah, Deimah Viru Arbaamot, Bishut Rabim Ika Yisra Doraita. However, already it's only Yisudra Banan. And therefore, we're not going to make a Gezerah something that, even if you did it, it would only be Yisudra Banan. So that's the first reason why we don't blow, why we don't have Megillah on Shabbat. Because of Gezerah Derabah Comes again when I continues Four lines on the bottom Rav Yosef Amar Mepenesh she'aneheim She'aneheim Nesuot Bemekra Megillah We have a rule Da'aneheim They look forward to Mekra Megillah Why? Because they know on the day that they read the Megillah That's the day they're going to get the Matanot Te'evyonim And therefore We're not going to read Megillah on Shabbat because you can't give Matanot Evyonim on Shabbat. And therefore it's going to be a letdown. You're going to start reading the Megillah, and the Anim say, I get Matanot Evyonim this year. Because uh, they know that it goes hand in hand. So therefore, in order not to let down the uh, Anim, we do not read the Megillah on Shabbat. Now obviously, Rabbi Yosef is not arguing on the previous opinion. Because this answer only affects Megillah. That's not going to explain to us why Lulav and why uh, uh, Shofar, you don't do on Shabbat. There's no Inyan of the Anim and those. He's just giving it a second reason for the Megillah, Nafkamina, Nafkamina in the, let's say, uh, in the Beit HaMikdash. In the Beit HaMikdash, we have a general rule, in Shavut Mikdash. We don't make Gezerot Rabbanan in the Mikdash. So if you're telling me that the whole reason is because Gezerah Shema Ya'avinu Dalaram Obishud Rabim, that wouldn't apply in the Beit HaMikdash. However, according to this reason, the fish and the Hemshel Anim, the Suot, the Mikdash Megillah, that's a fact. And that would apply, it's not a Gezerah, this is telling you we don't want to upset the Arim. So that would apply even in the Beit HaMikdash. So that's an Afkamina between the two reasons. That's the bottom to support. We have a Braita to support this. Even though we say, this is the language of the Braita, even though we say that the Kefarim, the villagers, they read the Megillah early on Yom HaKenisah, Govin Bo Bayom. They will collect the matanot evyonim that day. Umehalekin bobayom. And they also divvy it out on that day. So the Gemara says, Afa pisha amru? What do you mean, even though they said? Adraba, mishum de amruhu. The reason why you're going to collect the matanot evyonim and give it out is because they said you're doing it on Yom Kinisa. Because that's the day of the Megillah. So the Gemara says, the word Afa pisha doesn't make sense. So the says, "Ela ho'il ve'amru shekefarim magdimim yom akerisa govim bo bayom u'mahalkim bo bayom epene she'ainem shlanim nesuot b'mekra megila." Which means because they said that they read the megila early, 
That's an excuse, that's a reason why we have to collect the Matarot Nevionim early as well and give them out. Why? Because the Aniim, uh, they look forward, they know that when they, we read the Megillah, that's the day that they're going to get their Tzedakah. So therefore, because we read it early, not even though we read it early, because we read it early, that's an excuse why we have to give out the Matarot Nevionim. Aval, however, Simha, that's the Simha, let's say, of the Seuda, right? Which means the Saudat Purim and the Simcha Purim, <coughs> even for the villagers, you don't do it on the day of the Megillah, even though they're reading it early, let's say in Yom That's Davka done on Yudalid. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and says, We have a great Machloket now. Amara Avrav says, Megillah Bismana Kurin Ota Filubiyahid. When the Megillah is read, Bismana, what is Megillah Bismana? On Yudalit or Tetvav. Those are the primary times for the reading of the Megillah. Yudalit for the cities and Tetvav for the world cities. So when you're reading it on those days, even an individual can read it. You don't need, you don't need a minyan. Because since the law is that every Yahid has to read, there's Pirsumanis. Because that's the day for everybody to read. So therefore, even individuals can read on that day. However, let's say, Kefarim. Since that's really not the primary day, they must read the Megillah Davka with ten people. That's the opinion of Rav. Rav Aseh Amar, Ben Bizmana, Ben Shelo Bizmana, Basara. He says, listen, preferably, this is what I'm not explaining to you, preferably, whether you're reading it on its right time or in the earlier time, meaning Shelo Bizmana, early, preferably you should have ten people. But that's only the mitzvah. But the Rabbah says that if you don't have ten, you can read it by Yahid even Shalom is So the Rabbah in one hand is Bo Mahbir and one hand is Bo Mekir. Which means he's Bo Mahbir, he says, you should read it by Asara, Ben Bismana, Ben Shalom is But he's lenient in the sense that what? That if you don't have Asara, even Shalom is you can read it by Yahid. That's the way that she explains. Look at the Rashi. But if I say Amar ben Bismillah ben Shalom Bismillah, mitzvah lehazer achar asara, mishum persumeni saaval ilo ashkah asara, lo Amar if I say the law lekru sheinisur kriyata biyachid ela mitzvah lekru tabah asara. It's just a mitzvah to be the asara, but it's not mandatory. So it comes to Gemara and says, "Have I of There was a story. They hash le Rav. They had the Rav and Rav suspected to the opinion of Rav Aseh, which means it was even in the case of Bismillah on the 14th, and Rav made sure to get 10 people. Why? Because he was Hoshesh to Rav Aseh, that you should have 10 people even Bismillah. Comes again, and says, Umi Amar, Rav Acheh, did Rav say this law, meaning that it's, that Bismillah, you can read it even Biyahid, or that Shalom Bismillah, you need Ten? Did Rav say that Shalom is mana? You need ten. Umi Amarav Achev Amarav Yudah Bered Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat Mishemed Rav Purim Shachal Diyot B'Shabbat. Okay, you have a case. Purim falls out on Shabbat. What does that mean? Purim falls out on Shabbat. It means the fourteenth falls out on Shabbat. Erev Shabbat Zemanam. The time of the Megillah is when Erev Shabbat. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? Erev Shabbat Zemanam. Why is Erev Shabbat Zemanam? They are Shabbat Zemanamu. Oh. From the law, the real time of Megillah is Shabbat. True, the rabbis made a gezerah that you don't read it on Shabbat, but you can't tell me Erev Shabbat Zimanam. It's not so. Shabbat Zimanam. It's just that Achamim 
posted off. So what is the statement of Rabin over there? When Purim falls on Shabbat, Erev Shabbat Zemanam. It's not so. So the Gemara says, This is what he means to say. Shelo bezmanam kizmanam. What he's saying is like this. Erev Shabbat, and it's Shelo bezmanam, is considered zemanah. Meaning, Mazmanam afidu biyahid, af shelo bezmanam afidu biyahid. It's coming to tell me that just like if you read it bismana, you can read it with one alone. So too, shalom bismana, it's considered kismana. And then you can read it with one. And therefore, it goes against the half statement. Because the half said bismana, you need, shalom bismana, you need ten. And here he's telling you that the air of Shabbat, that shalom bismana is considered kismana. Meaning, you can get away with reading it with one, even though it's shalom bismana. So the Gemara says, "Lo le'anyan mikra megila ba'asara." No, this statement is not talking about mikra megila ba'asara, which is really that's not the subject of the of the statement. Really, I tell you, Kuntarav Shalom b'zmana, you need ten. Oh, so what does he mean? Eirib Shabbat zmana. So he says, "Ela my Eirib Shabbat zmanam la pukem drabi." Remember we had a shitav Rabbi. Rabbi said once you're pushing off the ayarot from Shabbat, you push up to Thursday. Because let everybody read on Thursday. So he comes on and says, no, 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 no. When Purim comes on on Shabbat, Arab Shabbat zamana, meaning you read it on Arab Shabbat. But according to that, you'd have to read it Basara. Because bottom line, it's Shalom Zmana. But the Hadush of Arab Shabbat Zmana is the Apukera B that says you read it on Thursday. So you read it on Friday. Comes the Mishnah. And the Tosafot, the Tosafot discusses who we follow, like in the Halakha. Do we follow Shittat Rab or do we follow Shittat Tavasi? brings two different opinions. Comes the Gemara and says, Eh, Mishnah. Okay, we said Eir Gedola, they read on the 14th. What's considered Eir Gedola? We said as long as there's Asara Batlanim, those are 10 people that are unemployed, that they sit in the shul all day long, <coughs> to guarantee, and they get paid by the Sibur, in order to make sure that there's always a Minyan in the Bet Knesset. Like the Gemara says, that when a Kadosh Baruch Hu comes to the Bet Knesset, it doesn't see a Minyan, so therefore we don't want uh, the anger So therefore they used to pay 10 people to sit in the uh, synagogue all day long So any city that has Asarabat Lanim Is considered an ir Pachot Mikan Less than that which means less than If they don't have 10 Batlanim Then it's considered a village What much of coming up is considered a village If it's considered a village Then they read the Megillah and Yom HaKinisa They don't read on the 14th Be'elu amru maktimim v'lom aharim Be'elu, on these days, when it comes to Megillat Esther, Halakha said you read it earlier, but not later. Which means, when it comes to Megillat Esther, that falls out on the 14th, let's say, Purim. So we said, Be'elu Magdimim. You can read it on the 13th, the 12th, the 11th, as we learned in the Mishnah. Ve'lom Aharim. However, we learned you cannot read it past the 15th, because the Pasuk says, Ve'lo Ya'avot. Ve'lo Ya'avot teaches us that the 15th is the cutoff point. Aval, Zeman Atzei Kohanim. When it comes to Zeman Atzei Kohanim, which means we learned in Masechet, Zaman Kuanim Ve'am, we learned in Masechet Ta'anit, that we just uh, learned, that there were certain families that donated wood for the Bet HaMikdash on different days of the year. Now on those days, there was a special Korban Aitzim that they brought, uh, because it was a Yom Tov for them. Now these days already are designated. The Mishnah gives you the exact dates that each family brought their Korban Aitzim. So the Hadush is that when it comes to 
let's say this, the day comes out on Shabbat. Okay? So then the deen is me'aharin. Instead of bringing these, you can't bring Qurban Asim on uh, Shabbat. It's not Duhai Shabbat. So instead of bringing it, let's say, on Thursday or Friday, they will bring it on Sunday. Okay, so the following items, me'aharin, velo magdimim. So the first item is what? Zeman, atse kohanim, ve'am. The next one is Shabbat. If Shabbat falls on Shabbat, they push it off forward to Sunday. Hagiga. Hagiga, we'll see, is the Qurban. Let's say Yom Tov falls out on Shabbat. Now on Shabbat, everybody agrees you do not bring Shalmi Hagiga. That's the special Qurban you have to bring for the holiday. And now what do you do? You bring it the next day. Because we're going to learn in the Gemara, you actually had seven days to bring the Qurban Hagiga on the holiday. So you don't bring it on Shabbat, you bring it on Sunday. Ve'akil. Hakil is the uh, mitzvah that says at the end of the Shemitah year, after the seven years of Shemitah, so on, on Sukkot, they would make a special uh, mitzvah where all the Jewish people would come to Yerushalayim and they would hear words of Musar from the Hakamim uh, and especially from the king of Yehuda. Now, uh, let's say, and, and when would they do this? They would do this on Mutzaei Yom Tov Rishon Shel Hag, which means after, on, on, on Sukkot, after the first Yom Tov, let's say uh, Yom Tov is on a Monday, so Monday night, that's when they would start this Hek uh, Hakim. The problem was that uh, if, let's say, it falls out on Shabbat, let's say for the Friday night, now it's what's uh, Yom Tov Rishon, now you can't make Hakim on Shabbat. Why not? So that she says, because part of the mitzvah was to uh, have the king sit on a big, uh, sit on a big uh, pulpit, a big uh, stage. They had to build a stage. And you can't build the stage on Shabbat. So therefore, it's not going to be Duhay. So Tereshi says, so build it from before Shabbat. No, it says, Dehikale Milta. We're too crowded. Which means, you're doing it in the middle of Yerushalayim over there. So therefore, it's too crowded. The holiday people are uh, all there. It's not going to work. So therefore, they would wait to build it after. So therefore, the building of the Teva that the king would speak on, we're not allowed to do it on Shabbat. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, uh, Let's read that Right? That should be Harishon, uh, the following day, Sunday. So all these cases, the Gemara Mishnah says, Me'aharin velo makdimin. You push it forward and not backwards. So the Gemara says, Mishnah says, Afapisha amnu makdimin. Now even though we said by Purim, that you're able to do Purim early, on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, Mutarim be'espedu b'ta'anit u'matanot evyonim. Which means, on those days, don't think it's Purim. Which means, Hesped is mutar on those days. 
Ta'anit is mutar on those days. Umatarot abirim, but matarot abirim is also mutar on those days. Because we just learned that on the day that they read the Megillah, the Aniim look forward to the matarot abirim. So therefore, you give the matarot abirim on the Yom Hakenisa Amar Viuda. We learned this statement already. The Viuda said, Ematai. When do we give this dispensation <coughs> that we let the villages read early? Mm-hmm. That's in a place where the custom was that the villages would come in on Mondays and Thursdays for Beddin. So they're there anyway, so we let them read. But in the place where the villages let's say, did not come in on Mondays and Thursdays, there wasn't a minhag. So therefore, then they read on the 14th like everybody else. Comes the Gemara and says, Tana, Asara Batlanim, Shubeta The word is Asara Batlanim, that are sitting in the Beit Kenes, like we explained, in order that there's always a minyan <coughs> available. Be'elu Amru Magdimim. When it comes to Purim, we allow them to read it before the 14th, but not after the 15th. Why? My Tama, Amar bi Abamar Shmuel, Amar Kira, Velo Yavor. Right? The Torah says, Velo Yavor. The Migrat says, Velo Yavor. You cannot go after the 15th. The Amar bi Abamar Shmuel, Minayin Shein Monim Yamim Deshanim. Side question. How do you know when it comes to years, you don't count days for the years, you count. Uh, years by months. Person makes a nidr on Alef Nisan. He says, Kunam alai that I'm not drinking wine for a year. So now, how do you count the year? If you're going to count the year by days, so therefore a year is a lunar year, it's 254 days. But if you're going to count it by months, so now from Alef Nisan, you're going to go all the way to Alef Nisan. So the question, yes, the question is, do you go, when does the nidr of drinking wine stop? So look at Ashi. Ashi, look at Ashi, that she explains it. Third line. I'm not going to drink wine for a year. I'm not going to drink wine for a year. Right, in the contrary, it's only going to be 3.54, because our calendar is a lunar calendar. So you're going to be short 11 days. If you had counted by days, a year would be 365. However, if you had counted by months, lunar months, it's going to be 354. So the Hadushis, you count the year by months and not by days. How do you know that? We have a pasuk. When it comes to Shana, it says, Lehodshe Hashana. To the months of the year. You count months to the years and not days to the years. But Abraham, the Kisli, Mr. Abba, Amru, Minayim, Machashim, Sha'ot, Lachodashim. How do you know when it comes to months, you don't count months by hours? You count it by days. What's the case? So look at the Rashi. Uh, it's fourth wide line in Rashi. Guy tells his wife, I'm giving you your get. This is your get if I don't show up in a month. Right? It was a Chodesh Chasid. Let's say it was a 29 day month. Now, after 29 days, he comes the following night. So he's coming after 29 days. Mm. 
umehsa, which means we do not say that he's still within the month. Because you'll say, really, the, 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 the Chodesh, if you can go according to the hours, the exact Chodesh is 29 and a half days. So they would take that six hours to say he still came within the window. No, no, no. We don't count hours to the months. We count days. Bottom line, after 29 days passed, even though he came that night, we we'll technically have six hours more to say to the month. We don't count hours. We just count <coughs> the days that we passed the deadline, and therefore... There's no get. Comes the Gemara continues. There is a get. There is a get. There is a get. Right. No bad. There is a get. Comes the Gemara and says, "Aval, zeman atzei kohanim v'tashabeav ha'giyav akem maharim v'olam makdimim." The Mishnah listed certain items that we push them forward. So the Gemara is going to analyze each one. Shabbat, what's the reason why we push the Shabbat forward? Which is not the Shabbat falls out on Shabbat. Why do you push it to Sunday? Push it to Thursday, maybe. Push it backwards. So the Gemara says, Akdome Puranut lo mekademe. We don't want to bring Puranut closer. The Shabbat is sad. It's avilut. We never want to push bad things closer. We hope by the time maybe Sunday comes, maybe Mashiach will come. We have to do Shabbat at all. So then we push Shabbat forward. Hagigav ve'akel. Shabbat <laughs> We're going to give a statement in the Brayta. We're going to give different interpretations of what this Brayta means. And the Brayta says like this: Hagiga, vechol zeman hagiga me'aharin. Hagiga, I understand what that means. Hagiga means the korban hagiga that you bring on Yom Tov. It falls out on Shabbat me'aharin. But what does this statement mean? Vechol zeman hagiga. That is a, a vague statement. So the Gemara is going to explain. <coughs> So you push it after Shabbat. You bring the Hagigah on Sunday. What is this Zeman Hagigah? Amar Voshaya, Haki Kamar. Hagigah Bishabbat. Veolat Riya Afidu Biyom Tov. Dizman Hagigah Meaharinan. Jeez, there's another type of korban that you have to bring on the Shalosh Legadim. And that's called the Olat Re'iyah. Mm. The Pazuk says, Velo Yira'et Tanai Rekam. Jeez, you have to come with a korban. That's called the Olat Re'iyah. When you're seen in the Azaran, the three hours, you've got to bring Olat Re'iyah. So the Hadush is like this. Let's say the first day of Yom Tov is Shabbat. The Hadush is that even though you have to bring Olat Re'iyah on the first day of the holiday, if you fall on Shabbat, you push it also off to Sunday. And that's called Ziman Hagiga. What's Ziman Hagiga? Which means the olat re'iyah <coughs> that comes at the same time that the hagigah is obligated to come. Which means, when's the hagigah supposed to come also? On the first day. So you have hagigah and then zman hagigah. The olat re'iyah that comes at the time of the hagigah is also pushed off until Sunday. Now, who's that opinion? Mani, bet That follows bet Ditnan, bet omri, mivi'im shilamim biyum tov, ve'en sumchim alehem. Which means like this. We have a Hadush over here. 
Not only on Shabbat, by the way. Not only on Shabbat. Even on a regular Tuesday. Where you'd bring Hagiga. It's man Hagiga. On a Tuesday, everybody would bring Hagiga. Still, Bet Shammai said, you won't bring Olat Le'iyan Yom Tov. You never bring Olat Le'iyan Yom Tov according to Bet Shammai. You always have to wait till after Yom Tov. So the Hadush is, Hagiga Be Shabbat, and Zman Hagiga, even when it's the Zman of Hagiga, where you can bring it, you don't bring the Olat Le'iyah. What's the matter? The question is why? So he says, because according to Bet Shammai, you can bring shlamim on Yom Tov, Korban Shlamim for the holiday to eat on a regular Yom Tov. The insum chimalim, but he holds you cannot make simicha. Simicha is you're pressing the hands on the animal. So according to Bet when do you make simicha? He says you make simicha before the holiday, because Bet Shemai holds you don't need tekef for simicha shechita. So you could do the simicha before and bring the Korban Shlamim on Yom Tov itself. Aval no olot. Why can't you bring olot according to Bet Shemai? <coughs> Because according to Bet Shammai, the Torah only allows Korbanot you can benefit from. Which has to be Lachem. Lachem v'lo l'gavawa. And since Olah, you don't eat from it. There's no benefit from it. It all goes to Gavawa. So therefore he says there's no intent to bring it on Yom Tov. So therefore when do you bring the Olah to the Iyah? So therefore the statement of Hagiga V'chol Zeman Hagiga which means Hagiga on Shabbat and Zman Hagiga meaning the Olat Re'iyah that comes at a time where you can bring the Hagiga is all, on Yom Tov meaning is also pushed off. Mani, who's the opinion? Betel argues on two points over here. Number one, Mevi'im, Shalamim, Ve'olot, Ve'sumchim Alem. Number one, you bring the Shalamim on Yom Tov and you make Semicha. Because Bet Halil doesn't hold of, because Bet Halil holds you need to take if the Semicha is Shaita, it has to be immediate. And he also says you bring Olot. Oh, but the Pasuk says Lachem. How could you bring Olot? So he says, no, he learns from the word Lachem is Lachem Velo Lenochrim. Which means you're allowed to do things for yourself. And what does that exclude? You cannot cook for Nochrim. But the Gavawa you can, and therefore you bring Olot, the Iyakot, the Betelil on Yom Tov itself. So that's the first answer of what does it mean, Zeman Hagiga. <coughs> Next answer. Whose answer was that, by the way? That was Rab Oshaya's answer. Rabba Amar, Rabba gives a different answer. Hagiga, Kol Zeman Hagiga Me'aharin. It's all one statement. The Hagiga of Shabbat, that we all agree you can't bring, how long do you have to bring it? So you have kol zeman hagiga, which is another way of saying you have the whole entire holiday to bring it. Meaharin tefelo, but after the holiday, you can't. Ditnan bishelo hag biyom tov rishon shel hag. Let's say a person not bring the hagiga on the first day of the holiday. Chogeg veolechet kol areged kulo. You can bring it the whole sukkot. Not only the whole sukkot, biyom tov acharon shel hag. You can even bring it on shemini atzeret. Which is even though technically it's a different holiday and all that, you have the whole holiday to bring it. Avara regel velo hag, the holiday passed. You don't bring your korban hagiga. Eno hayab b'hariyuto. Finish. You're not responsible anymore. So according to this statement, it's hagiga. The hagiga that you bring on yom on yom tov. How long do you have to bring it? Kozeman hagiga. You bring it on the all the time of the hagiga. I mean the whole time of the holiday. <coughs>
Okay? That's the Boshaya. Next answer. Ravashi Amar. Ravashi is a bigger Hadush. Hagiga. Vechol Zeman Hagiga Meaharin. Vafilu Atzere Dehad Yoma Meaharin. Which means, not only on Sukkot, that it's holiday. Do you get to bring the Hagiga the entire holiday? But even Shavuot, that's only one day. Still you have the whole time of a normal holiday. Which is what? Seven days. So therefore, Hagiga of Shavuot, Kol Zeman Hagiga. You have the whole entire week, even though it's not your job anymore. Vashi, look at Vashi. Vashi, Amar Hagiga, because what she Baharin, and in Ba'at Shabbat. Let's say uh, the day of Shavuot was Shabbat. So you're not going to say what? So all of a sudden it's not anymore. That doesn't matter. That's a big Hadush. In which case, Let's say Shavuot falls out on Shabbat. That the day of springing the Qurban is on Sunday. Let's go. So what does it mean in Greek? Where do they argue? So Rashi says, look at the bottom Rashi. Let's say Shavuot falls out on a Friday. Shavuot falls out on a Friday, we have a great machloket. Because again, Bet Shammai says you can't bring the Qurbanot on Yom Tov. Right? You don't bring the Orlot on Yom Tov. So what are you going to bring the Qurbanot on? Sunday. Bet Talil says no, you bring it on Friday. So when it comes on Friday, you have a Mahlokit. However, when Shavuot comes out on Shabbat, then even Bet Talil agrees you don't bring it on Shabbat. When are you going to bring the Qurbanot? On Sunday, Yom Tebar. The day of sacrifice is when? Sunday. Now what do you see from over here? Sunday is not Shavuot, Sunday is Chol. Uh, Ella, you see what? You have a Tashlumin even after? Now days over. Let's continue. Let us see. On Friday, you bring it on Friday. Because Petalil says you can bring Olot and Shilamim on Yom Tov. However, so basically, let's review. How many answers do we have to this question? <laughs> the statement was, So first you have Rav Oshaya's answer. Rav Oshaya's answer was what? That when it comes to Hagiga that falls out on Shabbat, or Olat Re'iyah that comes in the Zman of Hagiga, meaning on a regular Yom Tov, Me'aharin. And who's that going like? Bet Shammai. That says you do not bring Olat Re'iyah on Yom Tov. Because of the Pasuk of Lachem, Lachem Velo Negaboah. This is all that goes to Gaboah, you cannot bring it on Yom Tov. That's the first way of learning. Second way of learning is who? Baba. That says, Hagiga. How long do you have to bring the Hagiga, for example, on Sukkot? Because they're not Hagiga, the whole holiday. Including the last day 
of the Aliyah Teshlumin. If you didn't bring it on the first, you can bring it to the subsequent seven days. And the last day included. Rabbi Asher comes along and says even better. Hagiga of Shavuot. Which is one day. You have all seven days Teshlumin. And what's the proof? Because you see, everybody agrees. If let's say Shavuot was on Shabbat, Yom Tebowah is on Sunday. But Sunday is not Shavuot. And you see what? There must be a Teshlumin. Comes to Gemara and says, new point. Amar Rabbi Al-Azhar. Amar Rabbi Halina. Story. Rabbi Bipurim. Number one, Rabbi planted a tree on Purim. Purim, he planted a tree. Number two, the Rahats Bekronya Shilsipori Bishvaasar Betamus. He bathed in the marketplace of Sipori. On Shabbat Betamuz. Now, of course, he's not going to bathe in the marketplace, but it means he bathed in public, which is, you know, people were able to see the rabbi going to the water to bathe. He didn't care. On Shabbat Betamuz. Even though we accepted upon ourselves, we went to Meschir Shana, the Minhag, to fast on Shabbat Betamuz, and they accepted it with certain stringencies, he bathed on Shabbat Betamuz. And the third thing he did, <laughs> he wanted to uproot But Akamin did not agree to him regarding the Tishabiaf. Now, we have to understand what does it mean he wanted to uproot Tishabiaf? Tosfot cannot accept. How can a rabbi want to uproot the Shabbat? We learned the Masikha Ta'anit and anybody that doesn't uh, commemorate the Shabbat, he wants to uproot the Shabbat. So Tosfot gives two interpretations what it means, Bikesh Ta'akor, in the Hav, I mean, at least. Remember, we learned the Masikha Ta'anit that Rabbi Yohanan said, if I was around, I would have made the Ta'anit. Not on the night, I would have put it on the 10th, because that's what the majority of the Bet was destroyed. So that's what it means, Bikesh Ta'akor, Shabbat, to put it on the 10th. Or, Bikesh Ta'akor, Shabbat, he wanted to take away some of the stringencies that Ta'akamim added to the Shabbat. He didn't want, he wanted to make it like a regular face. He wanted to minimize some of the Humrod. So Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda tells Rabbi El-Azhar. Rabbi El-Azhar is making this statement there. Yeah. So he tells him, Rabbi, No, 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 no. Don't say that. You're misquoting the, the Hadusha. He's saying Rabbi wanted to do away with Chabi'ab. Yeah, okay. The case was Chabi'ab that fell out on a Shabbat. And they pushed it to Sunday. In that case, he wanted to, to play with the Chabab. On Chabab, that was a Dahoy. So he wanted to say, since already it's uh, pushed off, so uh, push it off. And on that, the rabbi said, no, we still can't agree to you. So therefore, you had, you had your facts wrong. So we, we can't even accept that he wanted to move it from 9 to 10 or to lighten up some of the stringencies of the Chabab. No, 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 no misquote. The case was, it was a Dahoy. So he figured, since it's Dahoy anyway, we can be lean. The rabbi said, no. Kari Alis, when Nabi Al-Azhar heard this correction, he said, On you, the Pasukah said, two are better than one. Meaning, with your correction, now you helped me. I was quoting the story all wrong. So, When you have two people uh, together, it's better than one. The one person makes a mistake. The two are able to come to the truth. The, now the Gemara analyzes Rabbi, how did he plant a tree on Purim? 
the Gemara is going to go through a back and forth. So you have to hold uh, the Hashbon over here in the Gemara because it's a whole long, not hard, but just uh, back and forth. So just keep the Hashbon. The Gemara says, how did we plant a, a, a tree on Purim? It says in the Megillat Esther that the day of Purim is what? Three things. Simcha, Mishte, and Yom Tov. Simcha, what does Simcha teach me? Milamech Asurim Be'espet. The way you see, cannot make eulogies. Simcha, no eulogies on Purim. Mishte, what does Mishte mean? Milamech Shasu Betanit. You have to celebrate, you have to eat. No fasting. Be'yom Tov, Milamech Shasur, Da'asiyat Melacha. So how did Rabbi plant a tree on? Purim, that's Melacha. Ela, Rabbi bar Arbi Sarhava. Rabbi came from a town that they celebrated Purim on the 14th. And he planted the tree on the 15th, so it wasn't Purim for him. It's called Purim because it was the 15th, but it wasn't Purim for Rabbi, because he celebrated Purim on the 14th. Ini ve'arabi b'teberi hava. What do you mean? We know Rabbi came from Tiberia. Tiberia, Mokifut Chomami Mot Yoshua Benun Havai. And we know Tiberia was a walled city already from the times of Yoshua. So therefore, he celebrated Purim on the 15th. And if you tell me he planted the tree on the 15th, that means he planted the tree on Purim. Ela, you're right. Rabbi Bar Hamisar Hava. Rabbi was a 15er. Which means he was from Tiberia, Mokifut Chomami. Vechinata. Barbisar Hava. And when did he plant the tree? On the 14th. So we reversed it. So the Gemara so bipshita that Tiberia mukefet chaim moti Yeshua benun. Hold it. Are you so certain that Tiberia was walled from the times of Yeshua benun? The Alaskiya kari b'Tiberia b'Arvisar u'b'Hamisar. Alaskiya read in Tiberia on the fourteenth and the fifteenth. He read both days in Tiberia. Why? Mesaf kale imukefet chaim moti Yeshua benuni ila. He was misupak. He was misupak. He didn't know if you read it uh, on the fourteenth or fifteenth. He was misupak. If it was signed. so, what do you tell me that you're so sure? So the Gemara says the Haskiyah misafkele. The Rabbi pshita le. As a Gemara, Haskiyah is a fake. Rabbi knew what it was. Rabbi held it was definitely mukefet halai moti yisrael. But if he read it on the fifteenth, so the Gemara says hold it. Vechi pshita le mishari. If you want to tell me, it was pasul. It's the fifteenth, and he planted the tree on the fourteenth. Is that mutar? Why? That is all the days, right? That you're not allowed to fast. It says, Etyom Arba'a Asar, Vetyom Hamisha Asar, Yome Puraya Inun. It says, the 14th and the 15th, these are the days of Purim. Delol Mispad Behon. You don't have to eulogize on these days. Now hold it. What do you want Migilat Ta'anit to tell me these days? It's Bifirush Migilat Esther. I only need Migilat Ta'anit for the days that I don't know. But the days that I know. Obvious, Purim like that fast. It says that in Megillat uh, Esther. That's his question. So Amar Lo Nitzrecha. You know what Megillat Tari is telling you? Ela leesor etchilze baze veetchilze baze. To teach me what that esped and taanit are asur on the respective days, which means. A guy that's celebrating on the 14th, it's a suit his spirit even on the 15th for him. And somebody that's on the 15th, it's a suit even on the 14th. So Bignatani comes along and says, both days are a suit for everybody. Also, back to the question. I don't care if he's read the Megillah on the 15th. How did he plant the tree on the 14th? Bottom line, both days are a suit. Back to the question. How did he plant the tree on the 14th? Kemarah says, wait. How did he plant the tree on the 14th? 
The only item that we will sit on both days is a spit v'tanit. Aval melacha yom echad v'tula. Melacha, rabbis were not strict on melacha. They only will sit one day. What? The day that you celebrate. So therefore technically he's okay for planting the tree on the 14th. <coughs> the Gebra says, what do you mean? V'tula. What? Melacha is only a sit on one day? V'ha rav hazya lahu gabra. Rav was once walking, he saw a fellow. We have a contradiction. He saw a fellow. He was planting flax on Purim. He cursed it. Which means he cursed the, uh, the flax. That would happen after the rabbi cursed it. They didn't grow. So what do you see over here? You see that the guy was... Obviously you see Menachah is... It's Asur on uh, Purim. You want to tell him it's only Asur one day. But, so, so why did he curse him? So the Gibraltar says, Hatam, but you may have because that was the day. He was planting on the day itself. Now why did he curse him? But you really, the Khirab is only Asur on the 14th or the 15th. But that guy was planting, he planted on the 14th, he was a 14th, he planted on the 14th. That's why the rabbi cursed him. So the Gibraltar says, Rabba, Bered, Rabba, Bara, Filu, Tema, you could even say, Biyome. I can even tell you that what? He planted the kitna on the day of Purim itself. Right? No. I can tell you that a bee planted the tree on Purim day itself. Which is he was a 15er in Tiberia. He planted the tree on the 15th. Uh, what do you mean? I thought you said the day itself is uh, Asur. Kebaras no. Hisped vetaanit kabido halayu. Which means the Am Yisrael only accepted no fasting and no eulogies on Purim. They never accepted the Isud Melacha at all on any of the days of Purim. Why? In the beginning of the Megillah, it says Purim is days of Simha, Mishtev Yom Tov. What is Yom Tov? No work. Ul besof ketiv at the end of the Megillah. What does it say? La asot utam yemem mishte v'simcha v'ilu yom tov lo ketiv. So then we never accepted the Yisud Melacha. So therefore, your whole premise is wrong. Rabbi planted a tree on Purim itself. On what Purim? Purim of the day that he celebrated. Ah, it's Asur. It's not Asur. We never accepted upon ourselves. But it says Megillah Yom Tov. But at the end of the Megillah, it doesn't say the word Yom Tov. To show us what? That Yom Tov, Melacha was never Asur. Oh, Velarav. Gabra. So why did I curse the guy out then? Which means, even if the guy was planting on Purim itself, so what are you cursing the guy out for? Because he's working on Purim's mutar. Yeah, it's mutar. But there's some communities that have a minhag not to work. Meaning, in the Rabbi's place where he planted the tree, meaning in Tiberia, the minhag was to work. Therefore, no problem, he planted a tree. However, when Rav saw that guy, that guy was in a place where the Minhag was not to work. He was going against the Minhag. So therefore, Rav cursed him. Not because it's Asur Minadin. It's Mutar really, but what? It's a place where... So therefore, he cursed him. Another interpretation. I can even tell you in Tiberia, where the bee planted the tree, the Minhag was not to work. Uh, so back to the question, how did the bee... Plant a tree. The Rabbi, Nitiyash Yisim He didn't plant stam a tree. He planted 
a tree that brings happiness. So therefore, even Melachah's Asur, but Melachah that brings happiness is not Asur. Now what's a, what's a happy tree? What, what's a Sunnatiyah Shusumha? So the Gemara says, like we learned in Masechet Ta'anit, Avru Elu Velo Ne'enu, remember we had the series of 13 fasts for the rains. After the 13 fasts, pass, and you still weren't answered, what's the Gemara, what the Mishnah say over there in Masechet Ta'anit? Mema'ati matan. So the Klaisena has to act like they're in mourning. They have to minimize their business transactions. Bibinyan, they have to minimize construction. Ubinitiah, planting trees. Berusin ubinisuin, engagements and weddings. Now, betani ala binyan. What type of binyan did they forbid after the rain fast weren't accepted? Binyan shil simha. Only type of construction that brings simha. Nitiah. And what type of planting did they usir? Nitiah shil simha. So the Gemara says, Ezri binyan shal simha. What's the case of binyan shal simha? Zeabune bit hatnut libno. Remember the custom in the olden days when a person's son would get married, the father would build him a house. That's where they would make the wedding and the shiva berachot, and that's where they would live uh, when they got married. So that was a beautiful uh, simha. You're building a house for your son who's getting married. So that type of construction is binyan shal simha. That was asur after the series of rain fests were not accepted. The Ezri nitiyash shal simha. Is like a, a tree, big like a sycamore tree that's very uh, uh, shady. The, uh, the rich people used to plant this tree in their backyards and used to sit under the under shade. So therefore, it's a very very pleasurable tree. Another interpretation we learned in Masikatani that the kings used to plant this tree on the day that their children were born. The prince was born. And from that tree, they would make wood to make his throne when he was coronated as the king. That's also Binyan Shasimha. So therefore, you see what? There's an item called the Tiyash Shasimha. So on Purim, when they were said Melachat, regular Melachat. So, Rabbi really, I'll tell you, was in a place where the Minhag was not to work. Tamaria was a place not to work. But he planted a tree. He planted the Asher Simha. He planted in a Burniki. That's different. That, that type of work is Mutar. Gufa. Gemara quotes a statement. Hizkiya read in Tiberius on the 14th and the 15th. Why? Ilah. He didn't know if it was walls from the Taj of Yeshua or not. Says, is Tiberius a question? We have a Bifirush Pasuk in Yeshua. That's the walled cities. That are that were captured. These were the walled cities in the times of Yeshua. And we know Reket is Tiberia. So clearly we have a Pasuk that says Reket was walled in the times of Yeshua. And Reket is Tiberia. So what are you talking about? Why do you have a Safeq? Just open up the book of Yeshua. It's a Mifarush Pasuk. Kebra says, It's not walled. One side is water. That was his Safeq. How do you look at the side of the water? Is the water, the kinetic you have over there, is that considered like a wall? Or it's not a wall? That was a sefer. He knew what it says in Yeshua. He told Yeshua that it was surrounded. Yeah, but it wasn't surrounded by wall. One of its walls, its fourth wall is the, is, is the water. So if that, would, that, that, that that's what his question was, he shouldn't have a question. Why? For sure it's not a wall. Why? 
Vitanya Ashilokoma. Remember we learned yesterday the law of Bata'ari Homa. That's if you have a city in Israel that has a wall around it. What's the law? Here. Seller sells something. The seller seller sells a house. He has one year to buy it back. Okay? But that's only in a walled city. And the Pasuk says, Ashir Lo Choma. Only in a city that has a Choma. So what do we learn from the word Choma? The law should Igar Saviv. To exclude a wall of houses. Let's say the fourth wall of the city is just a row of houses. Shud Igar. A row of houses. And the roofs are all flush with each other. And that forms, let's say, the fourth wall. No, that's not a wall. For Bate'are Choma, you need a wall. Velo Shur Igar. Not a row of roofs and houses. Oh, so what do we learn from there? Prat Tiberia Shiamachomata. And it's coming to exclude Tiberius. That's not considered a walled city for Bate'are Choma, because the fourth wall is the water. So you see clearly from a Pasuk and a Derasha that the wall is not, the water is not considered a wall. That's what I know. You see, but just like a row of houses not considered a wall, the Gebaraz Doresh, that's coming to exclude Tiberius, that the fourth wall, which is the water, is not considered a wall, so Haskiah, which is a fake. You're right. When it comes to the law of Bate'are Choma, you have no Safik. We know, for the Bate'are Choma, you need an actual wall. However, because by Megillah, it doesn't say you need a wall. What does it just say in Megillah? It says, Pirazim. A, 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 a city that's like a Pirazi. What does a Pirazi city mean? An open city. That doesn't say an unwalled city. It says a Pirazi city. So therefore, how do you learn the word Pirazi? Pirazi read on the 14th. Non-Pirazi read on the 15th. So his question was, how do you understand the word Pirazi? Well, what's the question? My Pirazi mu my Mukafim. How do you define these words, Perazim and Mukafim? Dikhtivi, Gabbim Mikram Megillah, that says by the Mikram Megillah. Mishum da'ani miglu, da'ani lom miglu. Well, if you learn it that Perazim are opened, and Mukafim are not opened, well, exposed, da'ana me migdiyah, or Tiberius that is opened. Because on the fourth side, you can see right in. It's, uh, it's migdiyah, therefore you should treat it like a Perazim. Because there's no wall there. It's Migliya. What's, what's, what's Hadush of Pirazi? It's an open city. So Tiberius, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's opened. Because the fourth, there's no fourth wall. And then when you read on the 14th, Od Mignu Mignu. Or do you look at the difference between the Pirazi and the Mukafi? Is the Pirazi is not protected. Because you can, you, can, you can run right into the Pirazi. You can, you can go right in. But the Mukaf is protected. You can't go into the, 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 the Mukaf. There's walls. Well, Vahaname Migliya. Well, if you look at that, Tiberius is protected. How are you going to get there? There's a water there. Right? There's no access on that side. So therefore, his safek was, how do you define Mukaf? By Bate'ari uh, Homa. No, I'm sorry, by Megillah. By Bate'ari Homa, Mukaf is a wall. No she'ira. Velo shurigar. Prat Tiberia. However, by Megillah, the term is not Homa. The term is Perazim and Mukafim. So is the pshat in the pirazi and a mukaf? Mukaf is the pshat pirazi that why it's, it's opened. Well, Tiberius is open on one side. Therefore, it's 14. Or do you say no? Pshat in mukaf is that it's protected. Well, Tiberius is also protected because bottom line, you, can, you can't access that fourth side. How are you going to go from the fourth side? There's, there's water there. And that's why he had this. He knew 
the pasuk in Yoshua. He just didn't know how do you consider the four side of water. Last part. Rav Aseh kari Megillah behutzal. Rav Aseh read the Megillah in the city called Hutzal. Barbisar or Bahamisar. 14 and 15. Mesav kaleh. Imu kevet chomam yot Yoshua benuni ila. Ika de Amar. Amar Rav Aseh. Some say differently. Rav Aseh said. He said a conclusive statement that Hutzal is from Binyamin and it's definitely war for the times of Yeshua. Therefore, you read it on the 15th.